0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Because of who I am, but because of what you've done, not because of what I've done, but because of who.
0: to our, I guess this is our Monday night edition of Prayer International Radio, hosted here in the United States, going out to all the nations of the earth, um, except Greenland. I don't think anybody listens in Greenland. Um, <clears throat> but we're going to get into the Word tonight, get into some worship. Um, I have a message on my heart, um, but we'll see what the Holy Spirit does and how it goes, Um, but before anything, Father God, Jesus, we ask for your presence, Holy Spirit, that you would fill our lives, fill the rooms we're in, fill our neighborhoods, fill our cities, fill our nations, Father, that your hand would move across the waters. Lord, upon men, women, and children. Father, those who are crying out, calling out for you. Those who are crying out for righteousness. Those who are crying out, Abba, Father. Those who are crying out for you, Jesus, our King of Kings. Our Savior, our Redeemer. The Lamb of God. Who takes away the sin of the world You who alone are Worthy to open the scrolls You who are the lamb Who was slain from the foundation of the earth Asking for you to return We who eagerly await For your return Father but knowing As you said Jesus as the harvest is ripe that everywhere we go, everywhere we look, there are men and women who are empty and needing the gospel of truth, the gospel of their salvation. Who need their ears opened, who need their eyes open, who need their hearts opened so they can hear you, so they can see you, so they can know you. Father, we intercede on behalf of the nations, Father that your name would go out The name of Jesus Christ would go out Father that you would raise up laborers Into your harvest Raise up kids in schools Father from the youngest grades to the oldest Father raise up people in the workplace Raise up elderly people wherever they're at Father that nobody would miss an opportunity to share your love with the world The scripture said Is the goodness of God That leads men to repentance Holy Spirit We are nothing without you Without your power Without your fire Consuming our lives Father and I ask That we be just that That we would be consumed With your fire We can be consumed with your word Father, that our words wouldn't just be our words, but they would be your words. Father, that you would transform our minds by the washing of the water of the word. Father, transform our minds so we can be Christ-like. Father, that we would have your thoughts. Father, that our heart would be the same as yours. Lord, that you would take out the stony heart and give us a heart of flesh. Father, that you would let us see you as you really are. Jesus, that we can see you. Behold your glory, the glory of the only begotten Son of the Father. Father, that we can know you. For until we, as a church, as a bride, come to believe you, come to know you, We'll never understand who we are. We'll never understand our place at your right hand, seated in heavenly places. Father, and the world doesn't need a timid church right now. It needs a church that will stand up and go forth in boldness, declaring that the kingdom of God is at hand. Declaring your name. Father, for any who are listening, who are struggling or sick or whatever it is that's going on with their lives, Father, you know everything we need before we can even ask it. So, Father, I ask that you would be every person at their need. Every person at their need, Lord. Father, give them wisdom. Give them understanding. And your plans and purposes for their lives. Father, to into them that we are children of God. So, I um, thought it was interesting. I was uh, reading earlier today Um This wasn't actually what I was going to talk about, but it all sort of goes in together. I mean, everything in his word does because his entire word points us to him. And I want to just skip down, but I won't. So this is um, Psalm 71. It says, in you, O Lord, I put my trust. Let me never be put to shame. Deliver me in your righteousness and cause me to escape. Incline your ear to hear me and save me. Be my strong refuge, to which I may resort continually. You have given the commandment to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. Deliver me, O God, out of the hand of the wicked, out of the hand of the unrighteous and cruel man. For you are my hope, O Lord God. You are my trust from my youth. By you I have been upheld from birth. You are he who took me out of my mother's womb. My praise shall be continually of you. I have become as a wonder to many, but you are my strong refuge. Let my mouth be filled with your praise and with your glory all the day. Do not cast me off in the time of old age. Do not forsake me when my strength fails. And those who lie in wait for my life take counsel together, saying, God has forsaken him. Pursue and take them, for there is none to deliver him. O God, do not be far from me. O my God, make haste to help me. Let them be confounded and consumed who are adversaries of my life. Let them be covered with reproach and dishonor who seek my hurt. But I will hope continually and will praise you yet more and more. My mouth shall tell of your righteousness and your salvation all the day. For I do not know their limits. I will go in the strength of the Lord God. I will make mention of your righteousness, of yours only. O God, you have taught me from my youth, and to this day I declare your wondrous works. Now also when I am old and gray-headed, O God, do not forsake me until I declare your strength to this generation, your power to everyone who is to come. You know, I... I pray that's the desire of all of our hearts, knowing that the Lord God has chosen us, that he's blessed us, as it says in Ephesians, with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, that we have been sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, that he has put his words in our mouths and in our hearts. That our goal and our desire would be Until we breathe our very last breath That we're declaring his name to the nations Until I declare your strength to this generation Your power to everyone who is to come So my wife and I were talking about the disciples and we've been studying in the Gospels and it's, it's funny if you look at the disciples from a world's standpoint but if you just look at them I mean here are men who are fishermen or whatever they're doing and they're just going about their day I mean, trying their best to be good, if they're even trying. I mean, I don't know. The Bible doesn't really go into it. But, you know, he starts calling them. Um, I'll read a little bit um, from John chapter 1, verse, uh, I'll start at verse 35. And it says, again, the next day John stood with two of his disciples And looking at Jesus As he walked he said Behold the Lamb of God The two disciples heard him speak And they followed Jesus And then Jesus turned And seeing them following said to him What do you seek? You know Jesus The creator of heaven and earth Asking what do you seek It sort of reminds me of the woman at the well Where the woman's like You have nothing to draw with And You're asking me for a drink And Jesus is like If you knew who it was who asked you You would ask him for living water And they said to him Rabbi Which is to say when translated, teacher, where are you staying? And he said to them, come and see. They came and saw where he was staying and remained with him. That day, now is about the 10th hour, one of the two heard John speak and followed him. It was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. And he he first found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which is translated to Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. And when Jesus looked at him, said, you are Simon, the son of Jonah. You shall be called Cephas which is a stone the following day Jesus wanted to go to Galilee and said to him follow me you know these guys are just doing whatever they were and either someone tells them hey we found the Messiah and or they're just going about their lives and Jesus walks up to them and says follow me and, you know, if you think about it, like if you're at your job or whatever you you do during the day, and someone just walked up and says, hey, you follow me, you would look at him and be like, you're crazy. I'm going to get fired if I follow you. I don't know who you are or whatever. But there was something unique about this, not because the 12 disciples were special. I mean, they were the first. But it wasn't. Something unique, it was the fact that Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice, and the voice of a stranger they will not follow. And ingrained into every man, woman, and child who has ever been born or ever will be, something inside our very creation recognizes the voice of the Father, recognizes the voice of our Creator. And at that moment, when Jesus said, follow me, something in them knew they needed to go. And for each one of us, he's called us. For each one of us who are seeking him, you know, the Bible says that in Jeremiah, before he formed us in the womb, he knew us. You know, if you think about I was talking to my wife about my son, our son, Ian, and I was thinking, you know, what did it take for Ian to come into existence? It wasn't just a mother and a father and all that stuff. It was what planning did it take? What did God have to do genetically at very molecular structure of who he is just to get the uniqueness that is Ian and from Adam all the way to him, past that have to cross and all the people that have to interact and meet and every thing that happens, God had planned out for him, his own special creation to be born. And before even that first spark of life, before those first, Cells began to form God already knew his name God had already spoken And declared A purpose and a plan for his Life You know If you want to turn with me over To Ephesians um, I keep telling Chris that I want to Teach in uh, Romans and for some reason It never happens but I'm going to do a lot of reading because Ephesians is one of my favorite books in the Bible. Um, But we'll start at – we're going to start at the beginning pretty much. Well, verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. You know, the Word, it says the Word is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And the Word is life. And, you know, the Word is filled with His promises to us. You know, we have His life and His death and His resurrection a raised into this newness of life and we become a new man old things are cast away behold all things have become new but throughout the new testament and even the old testament there's all these promises that the father has declared to us like when he said i'll never leave you nor forsake you and you know there's these verses that we all know and we all love and we quote them during bible studies but i wonder how many times something God's been like dealing with me is how many times do we do we read these verses do we really take them to heart do we really take these verses and eat them and consume these verses so that they become alive in us and they become a reality to us because it's not just having Jesus as uh, living in the reality of your thought life but he has to become your reality You know, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And there's so many blessings and provisions and things that the Father has for us that we miss out on because either we don't believe or we don't know what's there. But it says he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I mean, it doesn't even go into detail about what they are, but every spiritual blessing, not one or two, not six every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ that he's blessed us with as believers it goes on in verse 4 it says just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love you know it goes on in revelation to talk about us being clothed in white robes you know we take off we when we come to him you know the dirty, filthy rags and that make up our life get taken away, and the Father gives us a new robe of righteousness, declaring the blood of Jesus, declaring that we are holy before Him in love. The Scripture later says that we have already been perfected in Him, that we're those who are being sanct says he has perfected those who are being sanctified. And while this work, this walk with him is in a continual process of us dying to our flesh and growing in him. And we're continually being sanctified, but we're already perfected in the eyes of God, in the sight of heaven. It talks about it's such a greater cloud of witnesses, but we're already perfected in him through the name of Jesus, through the blood of Jesus having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he has made us accepted in the beloved. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself. You know, that it's like the prophets throughout the Old Testament were continually foretelling the coming of the Messiah. You know, the scripture talks about things that angels desire to look into, you know, th- The mystery of God was hidden Throughout the ages And it has been revealed to us And the Holy Spirit continually reveals to us Things of the Father The mystery of His will Is to love Him And to believe on the name of His Son that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, and him. In him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory in him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation and whom also having believed you were sealed with the Holy spirit of of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for the saints do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. And you know, this next uh, two verses, um, one of my old mentors, Steve Ellis, told me once that if you would just take these next two verses and pray them over yourselves, pray them over your family every day, you'll, it's amazing how much difference you'll see. But it says in verse 17 that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us to believe. According to the working of his mighty power, and it says, which he worked in Christ Jesus when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principalities and powers and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church which is his body the fullness of him who fills all in all you know god put everything under the feet of jesus and given him the name which is above every name that means every worry every sickness every problem every mountain every obstacle every sin every addiction everything was put under the feet of jesus And he has declared freedom to us, declared that the prison doors are open, declared that we have boldness to access the throne of God, to come boldly to the throne of grace in which we are accepted in the time of need. And he is declaring freedom over you, declaring freedom over you, declaring that you are righteous in his sight, that you are loved, that you are a member of the household of God. And today is your day to walk in freedom.
1: Your hand reached into the depths of darkness, your are pulled me to the ladder. Broke my heart. Your eyes burned with holy passion.
0: Um, if you need prayer, you can email us at prayerinternational@gmail.com. You can also call into the show, which is six five seven three eight three zero eight six one. Pray for you and believe for you. You can also reach us on Facebook, either my page or Chris's page. You know we were talking about the Father calling us um as believers um, and, you know, I believe um, each one of us have a very unique relationship with the Father. you know it's like each one of us have this romance, this love story. That's going on between us and the Father, the God of all creation, the uncreated one, where he has reached down to us and we're crying back up to him and calling back up at him. And we meet and we fellowship when we have this relationship with him continually speaks in to our lives, I mean, leading us. It says um, a man will plan his ways, but the Lord will direct his steps. When it says the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord, and so if you have a question of well, are you a righteous man? Well, then the response would be, have you believed that Jesus died for your sins? That he raised, that God raised him from the dead, and then he died for your sins. I mean, if then if so, then yeah, you're righteous. It doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't necessarily matter if you feel righteous. The Bible declares that you are righteous in his eyes. You know, I heard a preacher once say, it was really awesome. He said, it doesn't matter how highly you esteem the cross of Jesus. It doesn't matter how highly you esteem the blood of Jesus. All that matters is how highly he esteems it. Because that sacrifice was made. And the Bible declares from the creation, from the foundation of the world, that sacrifice was made. That he would send his own son to die for everyone. Period. End of story. Belief. You know, the entire New Testament talks about faith. It talks about the just shall live by faith and that we're going to get into more of Ephesians. Um, but, you know, faith is a simple thing. It says if you have the faith of a mustard seed and, you know, if you're not from Israel or if you've never, if you're not a cook and you have no idea what a mustard seed, it's like smaller than a sunflower seed, I guess. It's tiny. I mean, if you're not, if you had one in your hand and you weren't paying attention, it would fall out and you'd never find it. A tiny speck of faith. And it says you can remove mountains. You know, I heard the other day that You know, the devil, when Jesus was being tempted in the wilderness, the devil came to him and said, if you're the son of God, turn the stone into bread. And it's like, who are you talking to? You're talking to the son of God who it says by him, all things were made and all things exist because of him. He could turn the entire mountain. He could turn the entire planet earth into a loaf of bread if he wanted to. There's nothing that he won't do for you. It says, if God before us, who can be against us? You know, we walk around in fear because we've not been perfected in love and have not completely come to the realization of the love which he has for us. That every sin, every transgression, everything has been put under the blood so that we can raise our hands and declare holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. To have confidence before him on the day of his coming. That we will stand with an innumerable host of angels and whoever else is up there. You know, when I was a kid my grandmother had this picture on the wall of Jesus on the throne and you know, this little crowd around the throne. And it's like, you know, it's funny cause it's not even close to the innumerable amount that are going to be standing around the throne. Declaring Holy, Holy, Holy is the Lord God almighty. Holy is the lamb who is worthy of glory, honor, and power. You need to begin today to see yourself as his word sees you. You need to take this word and declare it over your life. To begin to walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. To walk in the spirit. To walk with the mind of Christ. To walk in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. To see your surroundings. To see the atmosphere. To see everything around you through the eyes of Christ. Through the eyes of the heart of the Father. For the nations. What is the Father's heart? For the people around you. For the people you work with. The people even in your church. For your children. For your family members. For the neighbors around you that annoy you. What is the Father's heart for them? What is the Father declaring unto them? But love. Love. As I said, if uh, ninety-nine sheep were safe, he would leave to go for the one. So let's. Uh, before I get distracted, let's get into the second chapter of Ephesians. It says, "Okay." Before I do that, so you know, it's it's, it's complicated because I want to speak to those of you who are believers in Christ to encourage you, to edify you in the Lord, to build you up in your relationship with him. But then at the same time, I know there's people listening, whether it's Colombia or Africa or Russia or Ukraine or wherever you're at that you don't know the Lord or you're struggling and You know, whatever the world seems like, you know, the world is just a big illusion trying to distract you from the truth that there is a Savior that loves you. And I can tell you beyond a shadow of any doubt that the worst prison there is is the one where you don't have Jesus in your life. That's the absolute worst prison is not having the Lord Jesus, not having him in your life. And so regardless of what's going on, regardless of anything, just trust him. Just a little bit of trust. Just trust and believe in him. Ask him to come into your life and watch miracles happen. Watch how he will take your life and transform it. And transform your friends and your family members and the world around you. It says in Ephesians chapter 2 And you he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air the spirit who now works and the sons of disobedience, you know, later on it goes and talks about, we war not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness of this age. And, you know, we, we tend to forget that there's a spiritual battle going on, that there are principalities and powers, rulers of the darkness of this age that we are constantly at war with. You know, even in the old Testament, when I forget which one of the, um, Was David or someone, um, it'll come to me, Jeremiah, Isaiah was praying, and, you know, the angel tried to get there, and it took like seven days to get there because he's battling. And, you know, there are constantly angels battling on your behalf. There's constantly a war being fought in the spiritual realm around you. You know, I tell my children, not every voice you hear is yours, and you have to learn to distinguish the voice of your father from the voice of the enemy. And it's easy to tell which is which, because vo- any voice that tells you something contrary to what the Word of God declares over you is not the voice of the Father. It says righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Among whom we also once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. But God, you know, no matter what's going on, no matter how many battles you fight, no matter how many times he's had to come through and provide. You know, the scripture says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor a seed begging for bread. You know, no matter if you go through your life and you look at all the times the Father has intervened in your life and that he's been there and delivered you and carried you from one glory to the next glory. You know, it's always, but God. The enemy comes in like a flood and the Spirit of the Lord raises up a standard against him. Every time the enemy comes against you, all you have to say is, but God. It says, but God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together. Okay, all you believers out there, and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come, he might show to us the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace, you have been saved through faith and not of yourself. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We are his workmanship. Every atom, every fiber of our being, everything about us is a unique blueprint that was created just to make us. When you look at your hands and you think about every molecule, every strand of DNA that's in them, every hair on your head, Was uniquely made for you. Because we are so unique. It goes on to say in verse 14. For he himself is our peace. He himself. Is our peace. Says in the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy. But if you need peace in your life. And you're missing the peace in your life. All you have to do is look to Jesus. Cast your eyes upon him. You see, we get distracted and our eyes can move to and fro. And But you have to set your eyes directly on him, on the prize, on the goal, which is Jesus. And as long as your eyes are focused on him, you won't be distracted by all the other things. That are going on in your life Because it's just Jesus I get up this morning It's just Jesus When I go to bed It's just Jesus In verse 19 I'm skipping over some of this. Well actually it says In verse 17 And he came and preached peace to you who are afar And to those who are near For through him We both have access by one spirit To the father You're being built together for a dwelling place of God and the spirit. This vessel, this body, this life, everything is made to be a dwelling place for his presence. You know, it says that he inhabits the praises of his people and he desires to inhabit our praises and desires to inhabit our life. You know, as much of this vessel of your life that you're willing to lay down and surrender before him. He'll fill. He'll take and fill it up and fill you with joy and peace. But the Lord will only come in as much as you're willing to let him. So once again, if you need prayer, um, email us at prayerinternational at gmail.com. We're going to take a break and we will be right back. Father, Jesus in our lives Father, we commit everything to you Father, we choose this day To present ourselves as a living sacrifice to you Father, without spot or blemish Through the blood of Jesus, Lord, we present ourselves as living sacrifices. Father, that our mouths will be filled with praise towards you, Lord. Father, we set our eyes upon your Son, Jesus. As the men came to the disciples and said, Sir... We wish to see Jesus Holy Spirit That you would reveal Jesus to us Father open The mystery of heaven The mystery from the ages And let us behold you Father that your glory Would be seen And declared throughout this earth, we commit our hearts to you, Father, to follow after you and you alone, Lord, to run towards you. As David said, one thing I have desired, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord, See the beauty of your holiness to know you. So, when uh, we're at Ephesians three, we probably won't read all of this. Maybe (laughs) it says. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus for you Gentiles. If indeed have you heard of the stewardship of the grace of God which was given to me for you, how that by revelation he made known to me the mystery, as I have briefly written already, by which when you read you may understand my knowledge and the mystery of Christ. You know, it's funny because with Paul, it wasn't that God just gradually revealed himself to Paul. Paul's going about like crucifying and – or not crucifying. Like I mean he's taking all the disciples and anybody who's a follower of Christ and he's getting them put in prison back when his name was Saul and he's doing all this with a fervent desire and a fervent passion to see the end of this thing, this movement of Christianity. And he's just going along in his way and God just kicks him off his horse and blinds everybody. And he's like, who are you? And he's like, I am Jesus. You're, you are uh, persecuting. And it's like, you know, such a revelation in an encounter with God but you know he wants us to all to have that same encounter and I would say that we have had that same encounter because if you're seeking after his face he's already called you and you've heard his voice when he said come walk with me come walk with me and you said I will go and Jesus said, no one comes to, the fa- comes to me unless it's been given to him by the Father. And he said, those whom the Father has given me, I will lose nothing. It says, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to his holy apostles and prophets. That the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ through the gospel of which I became a minister according to the gift of grace of God given to me by the effective working of his power to me who am less than the least of all saints this grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. And to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God, who created all things through Jesus Christ, to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. You know, right there, by the tr- that the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church. We are the church. It's our job to declare the manifold wisdom of God, of Jesus Christ, to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places, according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord, and whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. Therefore, I ask you do not lose heart at my tribulation for you, which is your glory. For this reason, I bow my knee to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. That he would grant you, and I'm praying this over every one of you listening, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. To him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think. It says, I has not seen nor ear heard nor is entered in the heart of man. The things that God has prepared for those that love him. He said, I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you are called with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with each one, other, each, yeah, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body. And one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. But to each one of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore he said, when he ascended on high and led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now this, he ascended, what does it mean? But first, he also descended into the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers. You know, the one thing they all have in common is their job is to open their mouth and declare the word of God. In some form or fashion For the equine of the saints for the work of the Ministry for the edifying Of the body of Christ Because everything we should Do to be to lift up and to edify The body Till we all come to the Unity of faith and Of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect Man to the measure Of the statue of the fullness Of Christ that we to no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by trickery of men and cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth and love may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working, by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility futility of their mind. I can't speak tonight. Having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, who, being past feeling, have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanliness with greediness. But you have not so learned Christ. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you may put on the new man which is created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Then it says, therefore, putting away lying, let each of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole still no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good, and for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearer. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God and Christ forgave you. You know, and that's the thing. I mean, it says, a city set on a hill cannot be hidden. You know, everything that's in your life that is distracting and taking you away from your pursuit of the father, you need to cast aside. Everything, everything that's a distraction from him. And I don't mean your family and your friends and all that, unless they're, unless your friends are a distraction, but you know, everything in our lives that's not bringing us closer to the father is only causing to draw us away from him. You know, whether it's music or movies or whatever it is that's going on, you know, it says, it says our salvation is nearer than we first believed. It's time to put off the works of darkness and run toward the light, run toward him, run toward the calling and the purpose that the Father has put on your life. It says... He said, whom will I send? And you raise your hand and you say, I will go. You know, um, it's funny. um, When I was a kid, I used to um, listen to all sorts of preachers because, you know, the father started like dealing with my life at a really, really young age before I knew anything about anything. Before I even had a life or even lived a life, he started speaking and talking to me and You know, when I was a kid, I I used to, like, listen to all these preachers on TV, and one of my favorites back then was a guy named Dwight Thompson, and, you know, there's – all through my life, there's these little bits and pieces of messages that I've heard that just stuck with me, and, you know, when I was a kid, I wanted to be like Dwight Thompson. I wanted to be that person standing up and shouting and screaming the word of God, and, you know, it wasn't exactly what God had in mind. Um but I remember him saying, you don't have time to go to 4 years seminary, two years, or anything else. If you have a calling, get out there and get it done and go after souls. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't go to Bible college, that it's not an amazing place. Because, you know, I went to Christ for the Nation. Chris went to Bible college. And it's like, you know, you have to have a foundation and you have to learn. But in the end, if you take this Bible, this word of God, and you go to the middle of Africa or wherever else to a people, even in China, uh, Indonesia, and you take it to a people who have never had the word of God and you give it to them and say, this is the word of the God of heaven and earth and they'll pick it up and they'll start reading it and they'll start believing it and they'll start acting upon it and they'll just go with faith and they'll see signs and wonders and miracles. And we get so like bogged down in our tradition and ways of thinking that we don't take the Bible for what it is being living. Every word is new and living every day and it's truth. And, you know, Jesus said, go out to all the nations declaring the kingdom of God is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead. Freely receive, freely give. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead. Heal the sick, cleanse the robbers, raise the dead. You know, preach. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, praise the dead. And, you know, I look around and it's like, in places and you, you don't see that as much in places like the United States because we got out of, I don't think we got out of the habit of doing it. I think we got out of the, had a belief, the habit of believing it. And, you know, Jesus said, here you go. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead. He already empowered you with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit you were sealed with until the day of redemption. You know, like Chris and me always say, the same Holy Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwells in you. The same Christ Jesus that was Peter walking down the street in his shadow would just judge people and they'd be healed. It's the same Holy Spirit. It's the same blood of Jesus. It's the same name of Jesus. So go out there. Declare the word of God to the world, to the nations. Heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers, raise the dead. His word said to go do it. And we have an entire world out there, some who have never heard of the name of Jesus. I mean, it's 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 almost unbelievable that there's people in this day and age that still have not heard the name of Jesus, but there's countless many all day long I sat this afternoon watching YouTube videos of These revivals in in all different parts in Indonesia and India and these mass revivals they're having where people are just so hungry for God. They're so hungry and thirsty for him. It takes labors to get out and just go do it. If God has put a calling on your life and if God has put an anointing on your life, just go out there and do the work of the ministry. Whether it's at a church or whether it's at a school, whether you're a teacher or whether you're just going about your job in a bank or whatever you're doing, declare the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Intercede for those around you. Intercede for the families and the friends. You see people on the street corner who are sick. Go up and ask if you can pray for them. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead. Just go do it. Believe and trust him that he is able to exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think. Power that works in us. Because God won't disappoint you. He'll meet you. And his power will do it. It says the disciples went out and signs and wonders following them. And we're no different than them. So we're going to get into a little more worship. Um, if you need prayer, give us a call at 657 861 8 billion people on the earth right now, 195 different countries. Father, only you can reach the nations. Your word declares the Spirit, the goodness of God leads men to repentance. Father, that your spirit would go out to the nations Father, put your word in our mouths Father, that you would raise up intercessors Who would not cease day or night To cry out to you on behalf of the nations Father, for China and India and Indonesia Bangladesh, the Philippines, Vietnam, and Turkey, and Thailand, Myanmar, Colombia, Uganda, Poland, Venezuela, Malaysia, Nepal, Sri Lanka, Malawi, Zimbabwe, Cambodia, Rwanda, Bolivia, Greece, Haiti, Sierra Leone, Nicaragua, Costa Rica, Ireland, New Zealand, Lithuania, Botswana. Oh, Father. Your word declares that you won't return until this word, this gospel is preached to all the nations. Father that you would call them Call every one of them You said your sheep would hear your voice Father that you speak your word over them And call the lost And this time father Father the time The harvest is ripe father So we're getting close in time, and I wanted to switch over to 2 Corinthians um, to finish up talking about what we've been talking about, like, who we are and what the Father has said about us. You know, it says in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, It says that We are an epistle of Christ Written not with ink But by the spirit of the living God Not on tablets of stone But on tablets of flesh That is of the heart You know when Moses went up To the mountain To receive the ten commandments God reached down with his finger Met Moses on the mountain And with his finger inscribed The law Into two tablets of stone But now He has reached Into our hearts And written into our hearts With his finger That we are an epistle of Christ a living ministry. A living testimony. It says they overcame the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. We are that testimony. Of goodness and grace and mercy of God. Of the salvation of Jesus Christ. It goes on to say and later in verse 13. It's unlike Moses. <clears throat> Actually let me skip down It says In verse 16 Nevertheless when one turns to the Lord The veil is taken away Now the Lord Is spirit And if you remember Jesus said When he was talking to the lady at the well He said the time is coming And now is with well, you neither worship On the sun or in Jerusalem Because the time is coming When the true worshipers will worship the father And spirit and the truth For God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in the spirit and in truth. But it says the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Sorry. And, Father, we're declaring liberty over every person listening. Father, over every nation of this earth, we declare liberty. We declare opening of the prison doors to those who are bound. But we all with unveiled faces Beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord Are being transformed into the same image From glory to glory Just as by the Spirit of the Lord <clears throat> When we look to Jesus We begin to change, we begin to transform We begin to become into His image Our lives begin to change You know, as we say on this broadcast a lot You don't have to try to go out and have some amazing ministry or do anything All you have to do is love the Lord, seek His face and everything else becomes fruits in your life, because the change comes from within inside of you. When you have that word on the inside that becomes a fountain of living water, that you, that word that you can offer to the nations and they can drink and live forever, that water which is the Lord Jesus Christ, who died for the sins of the world. And it says there's no other name given among men By which we must be saved But it says Anyone who calls upon the name Of the Lord shall be saved But who will, how will they hear If no one is sent And so I urge you to reach out To those around you To intercede and pray for the nations To intercede and pray For your families and communities To intercede and pray for your families that everyone would come to the fullness of the knowledge of Jesus Christ. So this has uh, been Prayer International Radio. If you need prayer, give us a call. Um, we have a few minutes left. 657 three, 861 eight, And you can always email us at prayerinternational at gmail.com. We'll be back. Tomorrow night Probably 9 or 10 o'clock And I just pray a blessing Over every one of you
1: I read mean.